I was a boy in the Girl Scouts, but I never heard a song about the YMCA praising Jesus before. That's what people trade their sanity for, is for goddamn two-for-one beef and cheddars. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the next episode of Joe Kelly's Psychedelic Experience. What's going on with you, my friend? Your old pal Joe here, checking in with you on a motherfucking Monday. How's it going? How's it hanging? Listen, I hope you're doing well, my friend. I hope you're doing better than you ever thought you possibly could be doing. And if you're not, hey, that's fucking A-O-Goddamn-K. But do yourself a favor. Get your shit together, will you? May, we're already halfway through it. Where the fuck did it go? I feel like I was just telling y'all. Goddamn, it's the end of April and already here we are halfway through May. So you might as well get your shit together. The year's winding down already. We're almost halfway through. Listen, I'm not wishing it away. I'm not trying to make you live in the future. But understand, the clock keeps ticking, ladies and gentlemen. So you might as well have your fucking shit together. What does that mean, Joe? It means whatever you need it to mean. You already know what it means. You already know what you have to do. You already know what you're supposed to be doing. So just do those things and your shit will be together. There's no secret to it. You already know. There's no magic potion. There's no fucking magic trick you can do. Some days are good. Some days are bad. But stick to your guns and keep doing what you're goddamn supposed to be doing. And everything will be fine. And I think you know that deep down. Got some shows coming up, ladies and gentlemen. This week, going to be a busy one. I'll be at the Improv with my good buddy Aaron Weber in uh, Irvine, California this Wednesday, the 17th. I'll also be at the Improv with Aaron in Ontario, Canada on the 18th. Then we'll be landing in Nashville, Tennessee on the 19th, and I'll be driving my ass out to Murray, Kentucky at the Big Apple Cafe. Come on through that one. I'm headlining. It'll be fun. Allie Ray's Gastro Pub on... Uh, May 28th, that's in Knoxville. I'm bringing my buddy Monty Mitchell with me. I'll also be with my good buddy Monty June 1st in Columbus, Georgia, and then June or yeah, June 3rd, Saturday in goddamn Fort Walton, Florida. Uh, doing some shows with my buddy Monty. We're getting the band back together. And then June and July are kind of quiet, and then things pick back up, ladies and gentlemen. August, I'll be in goddamn Denver, Louisville, Kentucky, Cleveland, uh, Pittsburgh. Boston, September, also going to be busy, Des Moines, Iowa, Seattle, and then there's all sorts of other stuff coming up, Tampa at the end of the year, Uh, uh, Appleton, Wisconsin, Uh, all sorts of places. (laughs) I'll be back in Bridgeport, Connecticut, too. Listen, JoeKellyComedy.com will have all your upcoming dates. Go check it out, ladies and gentlemen. That's all the fucking business at the moment. How have you been, my friend? How was your week? Hey, Happy Mother's Day to you, all right? Happy Mother's Day. I hope we all had a great Mother's Day. Maybe you yourself are a mother. If you are, I hope you had a great Mother's Day. If uh, you have a mother, hey, I hope you had a great Mother's Day as well. Even if you don't like your mom, even if you don't get along with her, you know, you know, you still got to wish her the best. I, uh, I still get along with my mom, so I gave her a call, wished her Happy Mother's Day. We caught up. 
you know, is uh, that's the most you can do, I suppose, or the best I could do. I could have drove fucking nine and a half hours and surprised her and then drove all the way back, but I didn't do that this year, all right? But happy Mother's Day. That's the whole point. Hope you had a good one with your ma, and uh, I hope you all are, are still getting along because there are people out there who don't get along with their mothers. And boy, they will, uh, they're always happy to let you know about it too. You know, they're always happy to let, let you know that their mom is a bitch. <laughs> and maybe she is, and maybe she is, but maybe she had a reason to be, you know, maybe she's all fucked up by the world. So she didn't know what she was doing. And, uh, I'd, being a parent's never easy, you know? So you got to take it with stride. And, even if you don't talk to your mom, maybe you just wish her the best in your heart and realize that the best relationship that you can have is one at a distance. And maybe you don't communicate at all, but maybe you still wish her the best or you hate her guts. You hate her, maybe you hate your own mother, which is, you know, which is common nowadays. But think about where you're at in life. And uh, when your mom had you, and if you were in the same position as your mother if you would have had your shit together and been able to raise a kid in her situation and her predicament at her age or whatever, you know? Because listen, my mom did a... She did the best she could. She did a fine job, I think, raising a couple of kids, you know? We're not the... <laughs> we're not the best. We're not the brightest. But, uh, you know, she did uh, She did the, the best she could with what she had. But I think about it because... Uh, I have an older sister. My mom had her when she was 23 and then had me when she was 25. And uh, if this were the 30s or the 40s, he'd be like, yeah, dude, you should be having kids by then. But it's like, you know, we were born in the late 80s. And it's just like the world was a completely different place. And even I, if I think about it now, if I were to have kids when I was 23 and 25, maybe I would have completely changed my life and really, you know, fucking hunkered down and be like, all right, now it's time to start raising a family and being a parent. But, dude, I wouldn't have known what the fuck I was doing with a kid at 23 or 25. But I also have heard that people who have kids, having a kid gives you perspective on life and does uh, make you change. But uh, I don't know. I just know that if I was fucking 25 years old and I had a kid, fuck man i would have fucked up a bunch i would have made a lot of mistakes i do know that so i can't hold uh, i can't hold anything against my parents for you know my perception of them dropping the ball here and there or they could have done something different they didn't do anything different and there's no point in thinking about it because it can't change a goddamn thing you know they were dealing with their own shit too which i think uh, we sometimes forget about as kids and even as teenagers growing up it takes a little bit Later in life to realize, you go, holy shit, they were, they had so much shit going on in their life. Of course, they uh, couldn't, couldn't uh, tend to my every want and useless need that I had as a child, you know? But if anybody, listen, if anybody should have hatred for their mother, it should be your old pal Joe. Being honest with you, my mom fucking, I've never even mentioned this. I don't think I've mentioned this to anybody ever. The only people who know this know this already. Uh, but yeah, if anybody should be mad at their mom, it should be me. Dude, my mom fucking raised me in the Girl Scouts for like the first six years of my life. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I think I don't. It's like, oh, it gives it makes uh, it makes 
who I am now make a little bit of sense. Sometimes I'm a sassy little bitch, you know? And I think it's because I was raising the goddamn Girl Scouts. She wasn't making me sell cookies or anything like that. I wasn't earning any fucking badges, okay? But uh, my sister was in the Girl Scouts, as most young ladies are nowadays, and young men. Listen, I was breaking gender stereotypes before it was cool. I was a boy in the Girl Scouts, you know? Fucking way ahead of my time. Way, way ahead of my time. And no one was getting mad about it because I wasn't stealing any cookie sales or anything. I wasn't competing with the other girls. I was just going on their fun trips with them. That was uh, my mom's whole thing is like, well, if your sister gets to go on a trip somewhere, you'll be upset. So you might as well come on these trips too and go to the amusement parks and all this and that shit. So that's the extent of me participating in the Girl Scouts, all right? I wasn't making shit. I wasn't putting glitter on stuff. And I certainly wasn't selling no goddamn cookies, all right? But I was raised, (laughs) me and my two other buddies too, Alonzo and Brennan, we were all raised in the Girl Scouts growing up. And now we're all kind of half gay artists in a way. It's funny how that works out. (laughs) I believe they're married and have children. I believe. I don't really know. I haven't kept up with them in a long fucking time, man. Those two fellows were my first two friends. And uh, both of our moms were Girl Scout leaders, so they just took us on trips with them. I believe Alonzo makes music. I believe Brennan is a producer of some kind. And then your old pal Joe's making with the yucks. So we all got in touch with our insides at a very young age. And as we got older, we wanted to take those feelings that were inside and express them to the world through music or, you know, I believe Brennan makes uh, television, movies, stuff like that. And with me, I like to talk about assholes in front of people, in front of rooms of strangers, you know. And I give a lot of credit to the Girl Scouts for that. Had it not been me, you know, fucking pretending to be a goddamn lady in my young age, I don't think I ever would have it in me to uh, be on stage tap dancing still. (laughs) You know, if I would have been in the boys, shit, man, I might be fucking building something. Had I been a Boy Scout, I might be, you know, doing like a real job, doing some steel work or building bridges, you know, making the infrastructure of America better, perhaps owning a multi-million dollar business. But I was in the Girl Scouts, so I just talk about assholes in front of strangers and try and make them smile, you know? Anyway, that's all. <laughs> the whole point is that I sh- if anybody should be mad at their mother and disowner, it should be me for fucking me up the way she did. <laughs> oh, she's the best, man. She's been the most supportive out of it. anything I've ever wanted to do. She's been super supportive of. So I can't be, I can't be mad at her at all. You know, she came out to open mics when I was just starting shitty fucking dive bar open mics coming down to Murfreesboro, Tennessee to watch me, you know, do like 10, 15 minutes, probably when I had no business doing it, but she's been, she's been rock solid. So happy Mother's Day. I hope your mother's still around. And if she's not, God bless. And uh, I hope you have the best relationship you can possibly have, even if it's not what you imagine it would be like, you know, because that's life. Life is never what you expect it should be. 
because we're all brainwashed by fucking television now. So we all think uh, we all have ideas of what love is and what family is. And uh, rather than just accepting the uniqueness of the love and family you have, we wish it would be more like fucking boy meets world or goddamn, you know, saved by the bell. Modern family. What was the other one? Seventh heaven. Everybody wanted a seventh heaven family. Everybody wanted the good mother and the good father and going, you're smoking weed. Oh, no, that means you, uh, you're going to be a criminal. You're going to be a, a rapist later on in life because you're smoking weed now at 15. That's what we all really wanted, the seventh heaven family. Then come to find out that seventh heaven fella, the dad in there, well, he was fucking, he was the old, you know, doing the old Epstein out there, right? I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here. You guys might have to correct me on this one. If I am wrong, I would hate to make this accusation and have it be false. <laughs> it's quite the heavy accusation, but I'm pretty sure that seventh heaven father was, uh, you know, he was uh, he, he was expressing his love in a way that <laughs> that is frowned upon. <laughs> Except nowadays, nowadays people are trying to make that type of behavior less frowned upon, you know? Have you heard about the maps yet, people? Have you heard about the maps? The minor attracted persons? I really don't want to go down this road. <laughs> but yeah, people are trying to, you know, go, listen, being old, being a 40-year-old guy and going, hey, I think I'm in love with a 7-year-old. That's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. It's called being a map, a minor attracted person nowadays. So, so we judge the seventh heaven father all those years back, and now he's just a normal. We should be looking up to him and admiring him. I guess I don't fucking know. The point is, the point is, don't have too many expectations in life. Maybe for yourself. Maybe have expectations for yourself and what you're capable of. But outside of things you can't control. You know, be the happiest you can with what you got, especially family and love. Sure, it ain't fucking, uh, you know, it ain't goddamn uh, Laverne and Shirley type of love, but it's still pretty good. It's not uh, Richie Cunningham and that lady that he liked. I don't remember her name, but, you know, it's still pretty good. You got love in your life. That's all you fucking need. It ain't going to look the same for everybody. God damn it. It's going to look a little bit different. So cherish what you got and... Uh, you know, that's it. Don't covet thy neighbor's goods or thy neighbor's relationships. And also understand everything they feed you is a lie anyway. The happiest people on the internet are always the most miserable. You ever see somebody who has a great relationship on the internet? And then when you meet them, there's like, oh, you guys don't care for each other much at all. You know, it's all it's always the same shit. It's fucking one day it's like, I'm so happy to have met my life partner and nothing could ever break a bond this strong. And I love you with all of my being and every ounce of my heart and until my last breath. And then two days later, they're like, ah, he was fucking my sister-in-law, which would be his own sister. It's a disgusting situation, but it's always those types of people who want to make you think things are great. And, you know, and then they're just yelling at each other all the time. (laughs) 
So understand people lie and just appreciate the relationships you have. Anyway, people, what have you been up to? What have you been doing with your life? Have you been, uh, what's new with you? Have you embarked on any new journeys? Listen, I joined the YMCA a couple weeks ago. I've been going to the Y. I've been doing some swimming and uh, playing basketball, lifting some weights and doing some kettlebells. And uh, the Y is a good time. Sitting in the sauna, real good time, you know. But uh, it's, I didn't know the YMCA had anything to do with Christianity. I thought the YMCA was just a gym. But uh, apparently there are some Christian undertones, or I guess it's Christian. I assume it's Christian undertones. They talk about Jesus and have Bible quotes, so I assume it's some sort of uh, Christianity going on there, maybe some Catholicism. I'm not too sure, but I had no idea. I thought it was a gym. I thought it was a place you would go in, like after work, and then have you, you know, you do gay stuff in the locker room, and then you go home to your family. That's what I thought the Y was, mainly because of uh, that song, you know, by the Village People. They had that YMCA song, and I'm pretty sure it was all like, "Hey, we go to the YMCA to have sex," and that's fine. But I never heard a song about the YMCA praising Jesus before. So that was a little bit of a culture shock, you know? I thought I was going to be in there having to fend off, you know, not gay guys, guys with families, but who just like, you know, who just like to like to have a little bit of extracurricular activity down at the old YMCA. I thought I was going to be fending them off. And I haven't encountered any of that. There's been a lot of people with pamphlets, though. I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for the amount of pamphlets I'd be getting. And, uh, you know, that's been a little bit of a culture shock. I thought I was going to have to be protecting my butt the whole time. And really, I just got to... I just don't have a front door to shut on these people. I'm in their facility. So they just come up with pamphlets and muffins and go, Hey, we see you working out here. Are you a follower of Christ? And I was, I'm here for the gay sex, ma'am. And she was like, oh, oh, that's okay. We do that too. So. (laughs) Has it been a known thing that the YMCA was a Christian thing? Is that something that's very common knowledge and I've just been ignorant the whole time? Because I used to go to the Y when I was a kid. I'd go with my dad. I'd play racquetball. And uh, he'd lift weights. And then we'd play racquetball together. But I never, I don't remember any Bible quotes. I don't remember any, any sort of Christian undertones. And maybe it's just this one particular YMCA. I don't know. I've been left with a lot of questions since going there. But I have been enjoying myself. It's good. It's a good place to go and work out, you know? And the lack of gay sex is okay. I'm accepting that. I'm accepting that I'm going to have to go somewhere else for that instead of the YMCA. Not that that's not going on. I would just feel weird about doing that type of stuff in a house of God. You know, that's the only thing that is kind of like, oh, because God's, he, you know, people say God's watching all the time, but he can't look everywhere always forever. But he's probably keeping a close eye on his facilities like the YMCA. So. Anyway, (laughs) 
in case you don't want to go swimming or something like that, come on down to the YMCA. We'll do some laps together. We'll do some great laps. It'll be fun. I played basketball with a fella for the first time in a long time. We played a little 1v1 on Friday, people. It was fun. I haven't had a, a I haven't played basketball against somebody like that in a long time. And it was like it was it was a nice uh, it was a nice experience. It was like making a new friend in a way. You know? We clashed heads once too. We both apologized. It was great. I lost. I'm not gonna lie to you people. I lost seven to five. It was a good game though. Seven to five ain't bad for not playing one V one and I don't know how long. But made a friend at the YMCA. He might have been like 19 years old. But either way, I might never see him again. What was his name? ZJ. What a name too, huh? That's a fucking millennial, Gen X, Gen Z, whatever the fuck weird fucking name. ZJ? I've heard of CJ, but never a ZJ. But this fella could ball. Anyway. (laughs) Just making friends at the YMCA and had no idea that they had nothing to do with... uh, you know, I thought everybody would dress up like they're, you know, like it was career day and be rubbing on each other in the locker room. The other thing is like at the wine or just locker rooms in general, I guess, is like I'm a grown man. OK, so seeing another man naked, that don't it's like, all right, been down this road before. I've seen some naked men in my day. This ain't no thing. And. I also have no issues with a naked man talking to me either. It's just part, you know, we're just in here in the locker room having a nice conversation, you know, watching fucking football games from 1998 all goddamn day. Don't know why that's a thing. All they do is show old football games. It's like there's stuff going on right now. It doesn't, it's not necessarily football, but holy hell, it's just obnoxious. But I can deal with a naked man talking to me. It's when a a man is talking to you and then starts undressing is where it gets a little bit weird for me because I don't know why. I can't figure out why that seems different than a man just being naked. Something about taking off your clothes in front of somebody, it just, if your clothes are already off, I understand that more. When you're taking your clothes off, it seems like you're trying to be seductive, you know? Because I don't know why. I don't know why. It just seems so fucking weird to watch a dude go, oh, fucking, did you watch the fucking Golden State game last night? I'm like, nah, dude. He's like, wow, man, it was such a good game. They had him in the second quarter. The start of that third quarter was a little slow. And then all of a sudden, he just fucking pulls his dick out. You know? Like, he just takes his pants off. He's not just whipping out his tallywhacker. But there's just something weirder about that to me. Than, than just being a regular, just being a naked guy going, hey, that was a fucking good game last night. I go, hell yeah, dude, it sure was. But as soon as you fucking start taking the pants off, it makes me seem like you want to do something. Am I wrong for that? Is that only, is that an only me thing? How do you feel if you're around just a naked person compared to if somebody starts getting naked in front of you? Mid-conversation, too. Maybe that's why it's just, maybe it's just more normal to them. And that's why they're like, well, I'm, you know, I'm fucking changing my clothes anyway. And we're talking, so I'm just going to keep doing it. But I don't know. I would wait uh, for a break in the conversation to take my clothes off, even if we were going to keep talking. But I wouldn't be mid sentence and all of a sudden just pull my 
dick and ass out and go fucking Golden State, dude. Fuck. It's just weird. <laughs> Am I wrong for that, people? Am I wrong for that? Should it just be, should I accept both of them the same way? Should I be feeling the same way? Should I be okay talking to a naked guy? And should I feel, have that same exact feeling when a guy starts to get naked? I don't know. One makes me feel strange. It makes me feel uncomfortable. You know? Anytime I've gotten naked in front of somebody, it's because I've been trying to fuck. You know what I mean? But if I'm already naked, I probably just got done taking a shit or something like that. It's probably hot. Probably had some jalapenos the night before. So sometimes you got to get completely naked when you're taking a shit just to cool off. Ladies, do you know about that? Do y'all ever take such a hot shit you got to get completely butt-ass naked while you're on the toilet? Fellas, we know that's true, right? I'm not the only man doing that sometimes where it's like, God damn, this, <laughs> this shit is burning. <laughs> and the only way to fucking ease some of this pain is to just get naked while you're sitting on the toilet. I don't know if ladies do that. I have no idea, but I, I know, I've known a couple of fellas. You take a hot shit, you just fucking rip off the clothes because you got no other options out there. It's not going to help a lot. It just makes you feel slightly better. Anyway. <laughs> uh, it's been a slow week, people. It's been a slow week. Hey, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Check in with the fucking sponsor. We'll be right back, all right? We'll be right back to Joe Kelly's psychedelic experience. Hang in there for a second. We only got a little bit more to go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Your old pal Joe still here with you on a motherfucking Monday, all right? Thanks for sticking through the ad. I, I certainly do appreciate it. So, I, uh, I've just been thinking about this. I had a conversation with somebody last week. And uh, I get that we all see problems in the world and issues, and we all want the world to change, uh, mainly for what we think is right, because it seems like we all think we know what is best for the world and how things could change, this, that, and the other. And we all see the problems with, uh, you know, just the corruption involved in the government and corporations and addictions to technology and other substances, whatever it is. Addiction is a wide, wide, wide fucking net that covers a lot of different types of behaviors, you know? And, uh, you know, we were just talking and it's the idea that the, that you want things to change, but nobody really changes themselves, you know? Like, so many people have this fantasy of, of not being involved in the modern world and, you know, a quieter, simple life, but nobody really seems to want to make that happen for themselves. It's more of a fantasy. It's more of an idea. It's more of uh, something you can say to feel like you're a good person or to look like a good person. Because realistically... And uh, you guys know me, I come on here and bitch about all sorts of problems and issues that the world is going through and how things could or should be better, but it's all irrelevant, you know, I'm just talking shit at the end of the day. But, uh, you know, people could change their lives very easily, but no one wants to. 
you know? To you got to reject this system entirely for it to actually work. At least that's what I think anyway. Maybe there is a balance between still being connected, using your phone, this, that, and the other, and still not being involved in the, you know, the the force-fed addiction of it, I guess, might be a good way to put it, and all the corruption and lies that go on in the world. Maybe there is a balance between that, but I really don't get it. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. And my point with this particular person was like, well, then then go do that. If you want the world to change, if you want to live this quieter life, this, that, and the other, then go do that. Take your phone, throw it in the river, pack up your shit, and go out into, you know, find a spot in the woods or in the middle of the country. Find a little plot of land where you got some farm and you don't need much, you know, but people don't want that. They want different types of food every night of the fucking week, you know? That's what people really want. They want the idea of going, oh, I want to be a self-sufficient person and grow my own food and just live a quiet life and have a nice little dog and a little family. And then you go, well, go do that. But then it's like, oh, but I, I want to, I got fucking plans to go to Arby's next Wednesday. They got two for one special on beef and cheddars. And I just can't miss that, you know? That's what people trade their sanity for is for goddamn two-for-one beef and cheddars. Because get reject it all. And I guess I have an extreme point of view in this sense. And I know that's a bad word nowadays when you're supposed to, when you talk about your ideas and how you feel about the world. You know, you shouldn't feel extreme things. Well, I do. I don't know if that necessarily makes me an extremist as the, the media and everybody likes to throw out these buzzwords so easily. But I don't think there's anything wrong with extreme ideas and extreme dreams, you know? That's how you get shit done. But I think if you really have a problem with the world and how things are going, if we could all just turn our backs on it, but it will never happen. It'll never happen. Some people might, once in a while, people will. They'll fucking go, I'm tired of this shit. They'll fucking run their phone over and you'll never see them on the internet again or hear from them. They'll be going and living life like a real, like a real uh, creature of the earth, you know, instead of this modern hybrid half technology fucking brainwashed soulless species that we've become. But I just find it fascinating that people find all these problems to complain about. They don't want to do anything about it. It's always up to somebody else. It's always up to change the system. But the system's already in place, and it's not going to change. You either make a new system or you reject it entirely. And if you reject it entirely, a new one will come about, you know, once the old one uh, goes into decay. There will be a new one there, but it, uh, it, it just blows my mind. You know, because people don't know what to do without their phones and and, you know, they want fucking chicken on Monday, lasagna on Tuesday, steak on Wednesday, fucking, you know, go out to a Mexican place on Thursday. And then, you know, to have all those things, you have to deal with the uh, the stress that comes with allowing you to access those things. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. It's just people always want to fucking go, oh, man, I want to just live in the woods somewhere and just be have peace and quiet. And But nobody ever does it. But everybody fantasizes about it. But again, I think it's just people talking shit. 
you know? Because when I had that idea to kind of reject the world, I just sold all my shit and left. And I moved to Maui, you know? It's like, I'm going to be as much, pretty much as off the grid as I can. And I'm not saying I'm better. I'm not saying I'm righteous or anything like that. But if you have an idea like that, where you are truly fed up with the way things are, you got to take an extreme action, you know, and I'm not saying fucking storm the Capitol or anything like that, but within yourself, you have to uh, change your life entirely. But we're uh, unfortunately caught up in habits and uh, I don't know, false addictions, you know, that don't mean anything to us. They don't really help us. That dopamine addiction is absolutely insane nowadays, you know, or say so you got to check the phone, you got to do this, you got to do that. Email, dopamine, Instagram, dopamine, Facebook, dopamine. It's all dopamine. And I'm trying to deal with that too. You know, I haven't been so, uh, I haven't been as interactive on Facebook lately or on social media in general, just with like, you know, people commenting and shit like that. There was a point where I was trying to reply to everybody's comment just because, you know, I, I want to know, I, I'll just let you know, I appreciate the shit you say, but it was making me depressed, dude. It really was. The come up is my Facebook started to grow or whatever. My following started to grow. And then I started to try and be more interactive with everybody. It fucking bummed me out, man. It, and I couldn't figure out why it was. And it's like, oh, it's because you're getting these little tiny hits of dopamine constantly now throughout the day. And it's sucking the life out of you. So I had to take a break from it. So, uh, you know, if I haven't been as responsive in the comments on the podcast or anything you've been trying to hit me up on, my apologies, people. But it is for my own fucking mental stability that I kind of am stepping away from that a little bit. I use my phone like, I, I don't know how to turn it off, but it lets me know how much how much of my phone I've been using Every Sunday, I'll get a notification. It goes, you used your phone this many hours last week or this much time. Last week, I used my phone three less hours than I had been. And I would like to get that down even further. So I think last week, I maybe had five hours of FaceTime on my phone. And that still seems like a bit much. Because realistically, I can get my shit done here and there and the other. And then, you know, I can use the computer to check the email. But anyway, I'm just trying to take a step back from that. So... If uh, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, if I don't, I'm not ignoring you or anything like that. It's just for my own sake. I can't, uh, I can't be so caught up in those comments. And a big part of it was, is like trying to keep the train moving and keep the following growing and trying to make sure I'm staying interactive with people. And the more comments, the more in the algorithm, the more this, the more that. And it's like, I just can't do it. I can't for my own sake. I'll pop in here and there, but it's like, I just can't, I can't keep up with that shit, you know? So I'll just get rid of it. And it does worry me because I, you know, I'm still trying to make this comedy thing work. And it's like, will that, will I suffer repercussions from not being as active on social media that is going to affect my comedy career in some way? And it might. And if it does, I got to let it happen. I got to, I just got to let it happen that way. If it does affect it negatively, it is what it is. I can't fucking deal with the other aspect of uh, being more active on social media, which is uh, depressing at the end of the day. It's super fucking depressing for whatever reason. 
I mean, it's great. I like the comments. I like, you know, positive feedback from people. The negative feedback I find hilarious. I laugh at the negative comments most of the time, but it's just the continuing to try and be involved in the comments that was fucking with me. So I take it a step back from it, you know, and you got to. If you really want to change yourself or the world, you got to step back from it and figure out something different. So if the world is a real fucking problem, if you see true problems with the world and how society is ran and, you know, how our culture is going, then do something about it. Quit going along for the ride. And that doesn't mean you got to change the world because you're not going to change the world. You can change yourself, though. Or just quit talking shit. Accept that you are pretty content with your fucking Arby's and your Wendy's and your Netflix and your Hulu and all these fucking nice toys and fun stuff that we got going on and uh, quit bullshitting yourself. And maybe you'll find a little bit more peace in there instead of going, Oh, I hate the world, but I can't fucking, Oh, I love it. I hate it. I love it. I hate it. I can't get away from it. Just accept that you love it and then carry on and understand that you aren't going to change no matter. Cause you don't really want to at the end of the day. But anyway, there's a little rambling about changes in your own life you should make. It's just, man, I, I've heard that same conversation so many times over and over and over again. And uh, everyone just does the same shit. They go, man, I want to do all this and that, live a quiet life, and then they never fucking do. And they never fucking do. But it is what it is. Just quit talking shit. If you want to go do something, go fucking do it. And if you don't, quit wasting mental energy on that. And... Uh, Invest that mental mental energy into something that you really will do. It's like, oh, fuck the system, but I'll use it at any opportunity I can. And listen, I'm no different or better. I'm just talking shit, all right? Let's, uh, I don't know. Do we want to talk about this shit? Has anybody, and this is a question my buddy Aaron has asked me quite a bit. I don't know. <laughs> has, uh, has anybody heard any type of apology for the narrative of the pandemic and COVID and everything like that. Has anyone received any sort of, Hey, we're sorry. And we weren't completely right. And, you know, I just watched it. It just popped up on Twitter. It was a compilation of like Jimmy Kimmel and Don Lemon and all these fucking talking heads people. And, they were just talking about the crisis of the unvaccinated. And if you're not vaccinated, you should stay home. We should let you die, this, that, and the other. And then here we are a few years later, and it's all come out that, like, you know, it was all kind of everybody. I'm not going to say it was all lies and bullshit. Let's call it hysteria instead. Let's call it that instead. I think that's a good word for the reaction to uh, the the virus that hit the world, you know? A little bit of hysteria. I don't want to say lies and bullshit, because then we can get in arguments. But I think we can all agree, whether it was for good or bad, there was a bit of hysteria involved in the pandemic. And it just, it's all come out in the wash now, that it's like there was no need for that type of hysteria. There was no need to be wishing death upon people. And no one's come back and said, hey, I fucked up. We fucked up. We got caught up in our own emotions. And maybe we shouldn't have been saying the things we were saying. But, you know, once you once you realize that uh, 
you know, that Pfizer gives money to ABC or whatever it is that they're paying Jimmy Kimmel's salary more or less. And then it gets a little bit weirder, you know, cause he was wishing his, he was wishing death to the people who don't obey his corporate overlords. And that's weird for me, man, especially trying to be involved in entertainment. Cause it's like, I've, I've had this fantasy of like, I, the late night shows don't do much for me, dude. They just all seem like such phony pricks. But I would like to go on Jimmy Kimmel just to ask him if he would apologize for wishing people would die or telling people they'd be better off dead because they didn't get a, a shot that he thought was going to fix the world. I'd love to do that. But has anybody said, hey, we're sorry, we fucked up, we got, uh, you know, we got it in our feels a little bit, whatever it is? No one's done that yet. No one has, and no one will. Instead, they just come out and lie, and they go, we never made it seem that bad. We never made it seem bad at all. It was, it was Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada. He came out, and he was talking about, oh, I was, the, I was the first person to be like, oh, we should make sure kids get back in school, this, that, and the other. And then you find the older clip of him going, no, kids should never be let in school. This, you know, They just contradict themselves, and they lie, and they don't apologize for anything. What the fuck kind of world are we living in, people? What a strange fucking experiment, journey, this whole little thing is, man. What a fucking wild time. It's all fun. The hypocrisy involved in in the Western world or just modern existence is absolutely insane to me. But anyway, I hope we all get our apologies soon. It's probably not going to happen, but by God, we're owed one. Whether, you know, even if you bought into the hysteria, you're still owed an apology for, you had every right to be worried. Nobody knew what the fuck was going on. But I still think you're owed an apology for people contributing to your hysteria and not telling you the truth and not letting you know that, hey, things are probably going to be okay. Just saying. Just saying. Regardless how you feel about the whole thing, we're fucking lied to. And everyone was freaking out and trying to get you to freak out. And it's all come out that it was nonsense and bullshit. For the most part. Anyway, let's get you the animal video clip of the week and get you on your way, people. You know, we've had some fun today, I hope. Uh, this video clip, dude, another, another fucking fantastic one. One that almost ends good, but not quite. It's uh, another one of those safari things where people drive through a state park or whatever. I think this one might have been in America or Canada because I think they were speaking English. But uh, I think it was an Asian woman, I believe. I believe it was an Asian woman. Got out of her car because she saw a bear and she wanted to get a picture with the bear, which who doesn't? You know, you see a bear. What's the first thing you think of when you see a bear? Fucking photo opportunity, bro. That's the first thing I think of is like, God damn, look at that 800 pound killing machine. Perhaps I'll snuggle up with it so we can get a nice picture for the gram, bro. For the gram. People are so goddamn stupid, dude. You got 14 followers on Instagram. Seven of them are bots. And you want to get a picture next to a bear so you can get six fucking likes, dude. What the fuck is wrong with people? It's absolutely mind-blowing. But anyway, lady's trying to get the picture next to the bear. 
the bear, he's not in the picture mood, you know? He just got out of hibernating. He's got he's feeling a little skinny, I guess. I was gonna say fat, but I think you you come out of hibernation a little bit skinny. Looking a little thin, hasn't ate in a while, might be a little bit grumpy. So he tries to attack this lady. And uh, unfortunately, the lady does get away. But that, I mean, that'd get more views than getting a picture next to a bear, you getting killed by a bear. The views would be insane on that one, you know. But you standing next to a bear, it's been done before. It's been done. You don't need to do it again. So, I think you're going to get what you wish for in the end. If you want the views, people... If you want the views, if you want to stand on top of the Empire State Building and get a nice selfie, and you happen to fall off, you'll get the fucking views. You'll still get the views. Maybe not the ones you wanted, but possibly the ones you needed. Thanks for checking out the podcast this week, everybody. Hope we had a little bit of fun, all right? Hope we made it through. A lot of rambling today, you know? Pretty typical, I suppose. Pretty typical of your old pal Joe here on the podcast. Got shows coming up this week, May 17th, this Wednesday. I will be in Irvine, California with my buddy Aaron Weber. 17th. God damn it, the 18th. I'll be in uh, Ontario, California, also at the Improv. Friday, May 19th, Big Apple Cafe in Murray, Kentucky. And then I'll be at uh, Alley, Alley, Alley Ray's Gastropub in Knoxville, Tennessee. I think I've been saying ale rays the whole time. And I talked to somebody last night and they're like, that's alley rays. It's like, okay, I'll make sure I get that right then. Also going to be in Columbus, Georgia, the 1st of June, and then Fort Walton, Florida on Saturday, June 3rd. Possibly back in um, Arkansas somewhere or Alabama on that Friday. I'll let you all know. Anyway, Joe Kelly Comedy will have all your upcoming dates. Thanks for checking out the podcast this week, everybody. I spilled coffee on myself right at the end. Damn it. Listen, I hope we had a little bit of fun. Do me a favor before you get out of here. Take care of yourself and take care of somebody else and I'll catch you around real fucking soon. Later, my friend.